Well, welcome back, everyone, to One Way Cross Ministry. Glad for everyone who's in here. Glad for everyone who's going to be tuned in tonight. You know, um, you can go ahead and be picking. You can go ahead and be turning to uh, Galatians chapter four, verses uh, twenty-five to twenty-eight. We'll be looking at those tonight, and we'll be continuing our weekly study through Galatians as we go through chapter four. You know, just a few announcements. Remember, guys. Every Wednesday at 6 o'clock is our weekly Bible study here at 276 James Asbury Drive in W here in Cleveland, Tennessee at One Way Cross Ministry. And I encourage for everyone out there who lives in Cleveland, you are tuning in by any chance and you do not have a home church, I encourage you, come on out, give us a visit because I'm telling you, it's a church that's worth the drive because it's not of who we are, but it's because of the message that's being proclaimed in this church. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. Because again, like we preached last Sunday, it, that is the only way you can hear by faith and truly grow in the Lord and have your relationship grow in Him and be conformed to the image of Christ is by the hearing of faith, not just by hearing any message, but the message of Christ and Him crucified. Hallelujah. Amen. And remember, guys, every Sunday at 10 o'clock is our weekly worship service. And then also remember, determined camp meeting is coming up. That is, you know, ironically, it's in two months. It's crazy how time's been flying. You know, and again, it's October 7th through the 10th. And, you know, just for future reference, we will not be having services that Sunday just because we'll be down there. And, uh, you know, so mark that on your calendars. You don't you don't want to miss it. You want to be there. I'm telling you, it's a time. Oh, my Lord. Hallelujah. It's going to be a time in the Lord because there's going to be cross minded, blood eyed preachers down there and believers. And I'm telling you, if if you're hungry for this message and you want to know more about this message, be there. Mark it on your calendars. Do not miss it because I'm telling you, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to become more determined, like Paul said, and you're just going to grow in the faith because of what. Because the message that is being preached, hallelujah. Amen. And you know, guys, from you know, before we open up service, uh, is there any prayer requests? I know, pray for Pakistani ministry, correct? Yes. And then pray for Brian's family. Yes. And you know, guys, uh, just be praying for my family. Uh, be praying for my cousin, Micah, as he's going through some things. Uh, again, I'm not going to go into what it is. Lord knows. So just be praying about, be praying for him. That Lord really helps him in that area. Uh, you know, let's be praying for... Uh, Colton and for Brother Ian as they're continuing with their stomach issues as they're going through that. You know, everything's everything's going fine with them. Just pray that God would heal them, that they don't have to be on this diet or whatever that their doctors haven't prescribed on. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, let's be praying for our church, be praying for our members, be praying for our families, and that God's going to meet the needs of this church. Amen. Hallelujah. And that we're going to reach the city for the sake of the gospel. Amen. You know, again, and just... For anyone out there who does have prayer requests, you can uh, sit. You can drop it right down there in the live chat. You can message me on my personal page, and we'll just and we'll pray over that. And so, if that's it, if you want to go ahead and stand with me. Let's open up in a word of prayer. You know, and also one other thing: be be praying, be praying for Brother Curtis. He's struggling with COVID. Be praying that that he will get back to preaching this Sunday. And that he's going to be healed from this awful virus. So that's it. Heavenly Father, we just come before you tonight, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we want to thank you once again that you can allow us to gather with like-minded believers in one mind and one accord to hear the cross of Jesus Christ being preached, Father, by the hearing of faith to where we can grow and be matured in the faith because, Father, we're hearing by faith and we're identifying our faith with the Son of God because, again, we've been crucified with Christ. We've been planted together in Christ by my Lord, by His death. And I'm asking you, Father, how Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah that you continue to grow us in this message. 
that you continue to bring us closer in the faith, that you continue to help us to be more determined to know nothing but Christ and crucified, to never leave the faith, to never depart from the faith, and to never compromise, but grow in this message, Father. Hallelujah. And I'm praying, God, for everyone out there watching and everyone in here listening, Father, and tuning in, that if they are struggling with an illness with a virus, that they be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we're praying for Brother Curtis as he's struggling with COVID. I rebuke that virus in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I'm praying that this Sunday, that that brother will be back up at Queen City, Texas, behind that pulpit, preaching the cross, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The devil may be trying his hardest, but we're believing. Oh, that we're believing for a miracle for Brother Curtis, Father, that he's going to be healed. He's going to get back to preaching. This Sunday, not this Sunday, preaching your word, preaching the gospel of Christ. Hallelujah. Father, we're praying for everyone out there struggling with the illness, that they be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. For you are Jehovah Rapha, God my healer. And you've provided our healing at Calvary because that is part of the new covenant. That is power, part of the power of your blood. You can heal every sin, every stain, and that includes sickness. And we rebuke every sickness in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, everyone out there who's lacking, Father, that you you just meet the need that you show them that their needs are met in the cross. Yes, Father, we're praying Lord. for Bobby. We're praying for little Micah that you would touch him where he's at. Yes, that you would deliver yes, him from his problem, from his infirmity. Father, that you would just help him and that you would bring him to you in Jesus' name. Father, we're praying for Brian's family. That you convict them, Father. That you bring them to this glorious gospel message. That they would accept it with a whole heart, with that heart of flesh, Father, and become determined to know nothing but Christ and are crucified. We're praying for all of our own say lost loved ones that the conviction of the Holy Spirit will come upon them that they will be saved in the name of Jesus Christ Father we're praying God for our church that you meet our needs that you grow this church by nothing more but by the preaching and the teaching of the cross of Jesus Christ that you bring the souls in here Father oh my Lord bring souls in here who are hungry and are thirsty bring them here and let them hear this message and receive it by faith I'm believing for a harvest for this city Father because I'm I know you called us for such a time as this. I know you've established us here for this very reason. To puncture through the religious hierarchy of this city, Father. To get to push aside the law. And just to shine the simple light. To preach the simplicity of the gospel. And just to point them to the cross of Jesus Christ. And show them that is where their power, that is where everything they need is found. So that way you can illuminate it to them, Father. And show them it's all by grace through faith. It is all about the simplicity of the gospel of Christ. It is not about what we can do, but it's all about what you've done for us at all oh, at Calvary, Father. We're believing, hallelujah. Father, I'm asking that you would touch my boss's family, that you would touch their needs, that you'd help them through their problems. Father, that you would touch all of our co-workers in Jesus' name. And Father, I'm asking that once again that you would anoint us to preach the message of the cross once again tonight as we travel through the book of Galatians, as we travel through chapter 4, verses 25 through 28. You continue to show us the difference between the law and the old covenant, Father. Law and grace and how it is all by grace through faith. It's not by anything we can do, but it's all by what you've done for us at Calvary. We must have that simple faith because it's so vital for us to have that faith. That faith in the cross. Father, I'm asking that you give us ears to hear, eyes to see. 
a heart that is ready and willing to receive. And I'm asking that you just don't let it stay in the mind, but you let us truly grab a hold of this message, truly grab a hold of wisdom and not sell it, but learn how to apply it and become skilled in the words of righteousness. So that way we can lead the elementary teachings of Christ and learn how to grow in this glorious gospel message, Father. Hallelujah, Father, because you are speaking to us through your son and you want us to know more about what he's done for us at Calvary. Again, illuminate this message to us. Help us to decrease as you should ever increase and have your preeminence in our life. We love you and we praise you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, if that doesn't make you excited about what Christ has done for you at Calvary, then there's something wrong with your amen box. There's something (laughs) wrong with your heart. If you cannot get excited to hear this message, hallelujah. I understand that, yes, it rubs some of us the wrong way, but you know what? We need to be rubbed the wrong way at times and shown the error in our ways. Like as we're going to see, as we've been seeing throughout the book of Galatians, Karen, as we see God call out the falling away, he's not doing it out of spite. He's not doing it at the being mean. He's writing through Paul to a church that was forfeiting everything that God gave them at Calvary to bring them back to the simplicity, back to the narrowness of this message to show them it's all by faith. Yes, oh, it's right. all by faith that's because right. for, oh my Lord, hallelujah, for faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I, because that is the only way you can hear by faith is going to Calvary and sitting at his feet like Mary did and hearing him teach. Because again, it is all about the cross, honey. It's all about this it message. Right. It's not about us, but it's all based on what he's done for us at Calvary. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. hallelujah. Again, Galatians chapter 4, verses 25 through 28. We start in verse 25, and Paul would go on to say, For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. Notice that. Notice that verbiage. Let's read that verse one more time. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is, and notice that last phrase, and is in bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear, break forth and shout, you who are not in labor, for the destined has many more children than she, than she who has a husband. Oh, and I love verse 28. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. My God, hallelujah. hallelujah. Like I said, you know, last Wednesday we started on a whole new topic, on a whole new passage of Scripture, chapter 4, verses 21 through 31. It's Paul really showing the difference between the two covenants. You know, in all Pauline's writings, we see he's always talking about the old versus the new. But we really see in depth here, and as he's using the example of Sarah and Isaac, Hagar and Ishmael, showing what happens with the law when you're living under law and what it produces, which is nothing more but a work of the flesh, Ishmael. And then Sarah, by promise, because God promised to Sarah that Isaac was going to come. Hallelujah. That through, through Sarah, Isaac was going to come. 
in that he was a work of the Spirit because only God can work through Calvary. He will not honor what we've done by our own hands. Notice that. He can never honor what we do by our own hands. Because look at Cain. When Cain brought that offering, because God showed Adam and Eve, you've got to bring an innocent lamb, you've got to bring an innocent animal. Because it typified the sacrifice that was going to happen at the cross, what Jesus was going to do there. But Cain, being a farmer, said, I don't like it. It's too gruesome. It's too gruel. It's too gory for me. You know what? I'm going to offer my rutabagas, my carrots, my apples. I'm going to offer this to you, God. I grew it by my own hands. I'm going to hope that you honor it. What did God say? Cain, I cannot honor it. I cannot accept it because it's not my way. It's your way. It's what you've done. It's what you produced by your own hands. I cannot bless it, but I can honor what Abel brought because he honored my sacrifice. He honored my way. He obeyed my commandment. He heard by faith. Notice that. Abel heard by faith. That's why he brought the lamb. That's why he brought that sacrifice. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why God could bless it because it wasn't of Abel's works. It wasn't of Abel's hands. It was God's way because, again, all of God's works are done in truth. He works through the law of spirit and life in Christ Jesus because, again, he can only work through the confines and through the context of the cross. Not by what we can do. Not by some man. Not by what we. Not by what anyone can do. He's only going to move in your life through the confines and through the context right. of Calvary. Right. He cannot bless your work. He cannot bless your flesh. That's I don't right. care how rich, how wealthy, how popular, or how poor you are. He's not going to honor your faith. He's not going to honor what you do, not where, what your position is. He's only going to honor what His Son did at Calvary. Right. And as our faith has been identified with what Christ has done for us at the cross, Because again, when we hear, notice again, it all goes back to faith, church. It's all about where is our faith? What is the object of your faith? You heard, you received the Spirit by the hearing of faith. Which draws us to that place of Calvary to do what Mary did to cease from our works, like it, t- like the Hebrews, like the writer of Hebrews tells us in chapter four, verses ten and eleven, to enter into Christ's rest. We do that by dying to our flesh, ceasing from our works, and sitting yes. at His feet to hear Him teach. Because again, Calvary is the only place of hearing. My Lord, Hallelujah, Karen. I wish the church would understand that that Calvary is the only place of hearing. Hallelujah. Because that's how we likewise reckon ourselves dead indeed unto sin and how we know what He's done for us. What Andrew preached many weeks ago, that first night, that first morning here, don't you know? Don't you know what He's done for you? Likewise, reckon yourself dead indeed unto sin. Yes. And like what, John, what Brother Milani pointed out so well, that Jesus broke the bread. He is the broken bread. Mm-hmm. And that the disciples... They didn't know it until he broke the bread in their midst. Yeah. That wrote to Emmaus. They should have known right then and there who he really was if they were truly hearing by faith. But it wasn't until he broke the bread they understood who yeah. he really was. Mm-hmm. Because again, what we see in verse 25 is that Hagar is the example of the flesh, of the law. Because look, Paul intertwines Hagar with Mount Sinai. And a commentator would say, for this word Hagar is in ports Mount Sinai in Arabia, that is among the Arabians and the Arabian tongue. So Christendom explains, the traveler says that to this day the Arabians called, call Sinai 
Hajdaskar, that is Hagar, meaning a rock or stone. Hagar twice fled into the desert of Arabia. From the mountain, from the mountain city took its name, and the people were called, called Hagarians, Sinai, with its rugged rocks far removed from the promised land. Notice that far removed from the promised land was well suited to represent the law, which inspires with terror in the spirit of bondage. Because again, Sinai was in the wilderness. It wasn't in the promised land. God never meant for for the children of Israel to stay in camp at Mount Sinai throughout their whole lives. He didn't mean for that. He wanted to bring them from Mount Sinai through through the wilderness because the wilderness was meant to root out the unbelief, but it never happened. So that old generation had to die out because they... They didn't believe in God. They didn't right. honor his law. They said it wasn't enough because when they got to the river, notice that they were right there. They were right there. They sent out spies. Only two, Joshua and Caleb, said, we can take the land because they knew that there was nothing that they could do, but they knew their God, the one who parted the Red Sea, the one who defeated the Egyptian army, the one who sent the plagues and showed, I am all authority, I am all power, and you are my people because I have established my covenant with you. Joshua and Caleb knew it. They believed it and said, we can go into the land and take the country. Oh, hallelujah. But then there are the other spies that said, we can't. Oh, Moses, we can't. We can't. There's giants. Oh, they're six feet. They're like 10 feet, 12 feet tall. There's, there's many people that are more powerful than we are. They have weapons of iron, weapons of mass destruction. And we're just simple travelers, pilgrims going through the land. The majority of the people had that unbelief and they didn't believe. So they stayed in the wilderness. And what happened? They stayed in bondage. They stayed in bondage to their unbelief. Mm -hmm. Because again, the law does not give you the power to overcome the sin nature. It doesn't provide any power. It doesn't give you any authority over sin. It just points out the problem. Showing that we're wicked, that we're vile, that we're unclean. But it points to the Messiah. Again, chapter 3, verse 24. That therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. Notice that. Our tutor to bring us to Christ. That we might be justified by faith. And then again in verse 25, notice. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Because now Christ has came. He's died on Calvary. The new covenant has been cut, it's been established, and now the Holy Spirit, the one who's working in the confines of the cross, our teacher, our counselor, the one who's teaching us because we're hearing by faith, because we're sitting at Calvary, showing us what Christ has really done. Right. But if we're like Israel, like Hagar, we're going to be in bondage to our unbelief. Mm. We're going to be blinded to the truth. And our eyes are going to be full of darkness, Matthew 6, 23, because it says if your eyes are on the darkness, then your whole body is going to be full of darkness. Because again, your eyes, that Matthew was talking about, that physical organ, like how when you walk, you can't drive or see properly unless you have the proper proper seeing of sight. Mm -hmm. Unless you have proper sight, you can't walk in a straight line. You can't see where you're going. It's the same way. So if our eyes, meaning our mind, our faith isn't on Calvary, we're not seeing properly. We can't, we can't hear by faith because we're being blinded by a lie. We're being blinded by darkness. So our whole body, our heart, everything about us is full of darkness. And so we're walking blindlessly, aimlessly, not knowing where we're going because that's the way sheep are. If sheep don't have a shepherd, they don't know where they're going. 
It's the same thing. The cross is where we follow. It's what we go to because that's what the Holy Spirit's pointing us. Because again, Jesus in John chapter 10 shows how you walk in the paths of righteousness. That is by hearing his voice. Because again, you got to hear by faith. Romans 10, 17. I need you to understand the importance of that verse. Because again, faith only comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. You can only walk in a straight line. You can only have that proper sight if you're really hearing by faith. Because Jesus says, I've got to go to another flock because when they hear my voice, they're going to come. And Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. They know who I am because we're hearing by faith. And at that point, we can see because our eyes are fixated on the cross. We got those blinders on looking unto Calvary, looking unto Jesus, the very author and the very finisher of our faith. Because we know it's the right way. We're walking the narrow way. And we're not going to let anything deter us from it because we're being held, being, oh my God, hallelujah. It's either 1 Peter, 2 Peter, chapter 1, verse 5, that we're being held in, that we're being held in this message by the power of God. Because when you're walking in this message, you're walking in His power. You're experiencing the power of the Spirit and He's keeping you in the faith by His power. It's not by your power, it's by His power. And I'm telling you, when you just exhibit simple faith in the cross, He's going to do the rest. Oh my God, hallelujah. Because He tells you, give your burdens, give me your problems and just take my yoke upon you, talking about the cross just oh hallelujah hallelujah, rest in my finished work and let me do the work and I'm going to keep you in the faith so that way you don't have to be like Hagar and keep running in the wilderness keep running the Sinai but you can stay planted in the promised land in Canaan land because you're resting in the finished work of Christ and Him crucified my God hallelujah Hallelujah. That's what Paul is trying to get the Galatians to understand. That he's trying to get them, he's trying to show them that if you're going under the law, this is what's going to happen. But I'm trying to get you to understand what happened at Calvary. Because when I came to you, you knew it, you accepted it. But when I went away and that serpent came with his fancy speech, he pulled you away because he had eloquency of speech. That's why Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I did not come in the wisdom of man but in the power of God determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified because he left Athens where he preached about the resurrection it didn't have the results that he thought it would there were some saved but it wasn't what he thought it would be that's why he said that's when I became determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified to preach the power of his death because that's how you can experience his resurrection is by being planted in his death by your faith being united with him in the likeness of his death. Hallelujah. Because again, God has given us everything at the cross. Notice what what Genesis 22, 14 says. And Abraham called the name of the Lord, that place, Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Because again, leading up to that, that's where God told, told Abraham to offer up Isaac to him. And so Abraham obeyed. Mm -hmm. He obeyed. He had faith because he believed that God would raise his son again. Right. And so when he went and when he built the altar and he strapped his son down, notice that Isaac even had faith. He trusted his father. He was trusting in in Abraham's God. He was trusting the father Mm -hmm. because Isaac didn't even fight it. He knew what was going to happen. He wasn't even fighting it. 
So when Abraham took that knife, what happened? The angel of the Lord came and said, Abraham, stay your hand. Don't shut the boy down. Right. And what was caught in the thicket, a ram. Mm -hmm. Showing the substitute. Showing Christ taking our place. Yes. Because I God know. has always provided the way, mm -hmm. which is the cross. Yes. And your need, everything you're ever going to need, has been provided at Calvary. That's part of the Holy Spirit showing you what you have in this message is yes. to show you everything that's been provided for you at Calvary. And that's what Paul is trying to get the Galatians to understand once again. Mm -hmm. Your need, your answer is in the cross. Yes. It's not in what these Judaizers are telling you. Because look, look what happened when Abraham took matters in his own hands. And Abraham and Sarah, they scheme and then you, get a, then you go to Hagar. And what happens? You produce an Ishmael, a work of the flesh. So when the promise does come, it tries to kill the promise because it feels threatened. Because the flesh will never like the spirit. It never likes the cross because it knows if you go to Calvary, it's going to die. That you're going to lay it aside and you're not going to trust it. So it's going to try and kill the work of God. So that way you will rely on it because it's all it cares about is itself. Mm -hmm. Because again, Calvary demands us to die. Mm -hmm. If any man will come after me, let him take up his cross daily and follow after me. Meaning you got to deny your strength Everything That's that it. you are. That's it. And God, you have to place yourself on that altar of sacrifice. Subject your will. Because again, our flesh is our own will. We got to subject it all at Calvary. And identify with Christ. Galatians 2.20, the faith of the Son of God. We got to identify with Him. We got to place our faith in Him. And what He did for us at the cross. To be able to walk by faith. To be able to truly understand what he's given us at Calvary. Because again, you cannot experience the power of God if your faith isn't resting in the cross. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, right. you're relying on your own power. You're relying on your own strength. Right. That's what the Galatians were going back to. Because again, this is what this whole letter was written to. It was written to a backslidden church to get them back to the right message. Because Paul was trying to keep them from forfeiting everything they have in Christ. They were falling yes. away from grace. Yes, yes. Because notice, what does Paul say in chapter 5, verse 4? You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Yes. This is where they were at. Their condition was dying. It was horrible. That's why Paul wrote it in such haste, with such a boldness, to show in sternness, to keep them from falling away from grace completely. Yeah. Forfeiting what they had in Christ completely. Because I'm telling you, Peter, I, I don't know where, it's, where it says in Peter, but it even says in Peter, it is better for you to not have known the truth than to have known it and walk away from it. Because when you, are, when you understand this message, much is required of you. I mean, you got to grow in it. You, gotta, you have to nurture it. You got to grow in this message by the hearing of faith. Because God wants us to grow. He doesn't want us to stay stagnant. He wants to be skilled in the words of righteousness. That's where you see in Hebrews, those Jewish believers who understood the cross, who were backing away from it because of persecution. He's saying some of you should have been teachers. Some of you shouldn't be teaching this message to other people now. But because you have compromised your faith, you're now babes again in Christ. Unskilled in the words of righteousness. You're on milk. You're not going to meet for because meat is only meant for those who are skilled in the words of righteousness. 
That's why he says, and even in chapter 6, verse 1, let us therefore leave the elementary teachings of Christ. Meaning not leaving the foundation, but mean let's grow, let's build upon the foundation. Let's build upon the basics of the cross so that way we can truly become skilled in the words of righteousness and have the righteousness revealed to us in all righteousness. The cross revealed to us in all righteousness going from faith to faith because that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to prune your, he wants to prune your heart. He wants to prune your faith so that way you can produce more fruits of the Spirit, more yes. fruits of righteousness, yes. truly yes. growing in Him, being conformed in the image of Christ because that's what it's all about, to be conformed in the image of Christ so that way you can shine your light so that way people can see that the cross really does work because if you're not growing in this message, you're stagnant. You're leaving the life source. You're leaving the well because you need to be drawn from that well of salvation with joy daily, Isaiah 12, 3. It shouldn't have to be a chore. It shouldn't have to be a hassle to grow in this message. Right. It shouldn't be because right. if it is, your faith is wrong. There's something yeah, wrong right. in your heart and in your life. It right. should, you shouldn't have to labor in your own strength to grow right. because you're not supposed to rely on your own strength to grow. But you're supposed to rest like Mary and he's going to do the work. Yes. He's always wanted right. to do the work. That's why he says, give me your burdens. Mm-hmm. Take my yoke upon you. Yes. Because that's the only way we can grow. Mm-hmm. Because again, if we choose to live under law, the end result is always being placed back underneath under bondage. We see that in Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. Because again, if you choose to trust in the law, you're going to fall away from grace. Yeah. Because you're in bondage. It's choking your faith. Yeah. It's killing your faith. And you know, and if you choose to believe the law... You're believing in another way, and you're deceived. What is Proverbs 12, 17? What is that? What does it say about that? He that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness, mm-hmm. but a false witness deceit. Mm-hmm. The cross is the only way of righteousness. Right. It's, the only, it's the only message that is to be preached. It's the only message that produces righteousness in our lives, that causes us to be established in righteousness daily. But if we believe a false message, it's a, it's, it's a false witness. It's deceit. We're deceived. Mm-hmm. Because we're being yeah. blinded by another gospel. Yes, exactly. Because pride is blinding us. Mm-hmm. We don't want to admit that what we're believing in is wrong. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the church does. They want to serve God by their own feelings, yeah. by their own emotions. It's not possible. You can't serve God by your own feelings. That's why a, a move of God can never be justified by signs and wonders. It's got to be justified by the truth, That's by the right. preaching of the cross. Because what is the end result if you choose to serve God by your own feelings? Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto yeah. man, yeah. but the end thereof are the ways of death. Mm-hmm. Because again, what happened with Cain when he chose to offer up his own sacrifice? He saw God honor his, his brother's sacrifice, Abel. Jealous envy rose in his heart. And it turned into hatred. Mm-hmm. Which, what caused him to do? It caused him to murder his own brother. Mm-hmm. Right there was the first ever record of law versus grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Law is always going to kill the true work of God. Again, the law was holy in what it was given for. But it, it was never meant for us to serve. It was meant to be that tutor. Like we see in chapter 3 of Galatians, it was meant to be that tutor to point us to Christ. So yes. when he did come, we would know who Christ is and what he was going to do for us at Calvary. 
But if we choose to trust in it, continue to walk in it, we're going to die. Mm-hmm. We're going to die. That's because right. again, what's happening, you're sowing into the flesh, Galatians 6, 8. Whoever sows into the flesh reaps nothing but corruption. Mm-hmm. You're producing rotten fruit. And when you go back to John 15, read that chapter, John 15, what happens? He's going to cut you off because you're not producing righteous fruit. You leave them with no other choice. I mean, Israel even fell prey to this. It happened to Israel. But I need you to understand, again, you can't serve God by how you're feeling. Because your emotions are always going to deceive you. It's always going to blind you. You may think that, okay, I'm called to do this. When you're really not, you're going to get up there. You're going to embarrass yourself because God didn't call you to do it. You're not. He didn't call you to do it. I was there. I was there because I thought God told me to do something else. But when he really laid it on my heart, I saw the error of my way and said, Lord, I'm sorry. Because I was caught up in my own emotion. I wasn't hearing by faith. Because God is always going to take it away, Calvary. Mm. Because that's why if you're seeking his righteousness, he will add all these things unto you. As long as you're looking to the cross, as long as you're looking and hungering after righteousness and wanting to grow in nothing more but what he's done for you at Calvary, he's going to add it to you. He's going to show you. And I really want to stress it to the young people if you're out there watching. Don't get caught up in looking for a relationship. Because your emotions are going to blind you. And if you get in the wrong relationship, it's going to cause you to compromise your faith. Nine times out of ten is going to cause you to compromise on your faith and walk away from the cross because you say, oh, I love her, so I'm going to do whatever she wants me to do or whatever he wants me to do. They're not exhorting you to grow in this message. Mm -hmm. They're not for you. You just stay humble. You stay sitting at the cross. And I'm telling you, it's what Brother Larson said. You're going to look to the left, you're going to look to the right, and you're going to find them. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. If you don't know what God's called you to do, you keep looking to Calvary. You're going to look to the left. You're going to look to the right. And you're going to find where God wants you to be. Mm-hmm. Amen. You just trust yes. only in this message. Yes. Because what happened with Israel? When Christ came, they should have known who he was. Right. The, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders, they knew who he was. And it was their duty. It was their responsibility to show Israel this is the Messiah. This is the one the law, the prophets, and the Psalms was foretelling us about. He is here. This is the one. So let us serve him in all righteousness. But no, they didn't do that. They crucified him. They killed him. Jesus was always meant to die on the cross. He, that's, that's where his destiny was. He was always meant to die at Calvary. But he wasn't meant to die by the hands of his own people. Right. He wasn't meant to die by the Jews. Because what does Paul say in Romans 11, verses 17 through 21? And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, work grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou will say say then, the branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith, be not high-minded, but fear. For God spared not the natural branches. Take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Mm -hmm. Talking about God didn't even spare his own people. 
When they rejected Christ, when they rejected the cross, they were cut off. And that's when he went to the Gentiles. It's the same wording to the church. If you're not abiding in Calvary, he's going to cut you off because you're not believing in his message. You're not believing in his way because you're so caught up in doing what you're doing, boasting in your own flesh, boasting in what you can do. That God's going to say, I can't tolerate it no longer. He's going he's to be long-suffering, but his long-suffering has its limits. He's going to try and bear with you and try to point you back to the cross like he was with Galatians. But when you do not turn away and when you do not repent and come back to your first works, to your first love, he will cut you off. Because yes. you're not walking the way of Calvary. Because you're hardening your heart to the truth. To the point you don't even know what the truth is. Again, what Peter says, it's for, it was better for you to not have known the truth than to know and have walked away from it. Because again, if you know, this, if you know the cross, you know better. This is where the Galatians were at. They knew the message of the cross. They knew better. They should have known better. But God out of haste through Paul was trying to get them to understand that. Trying to get them back to Calvary out of love. This was the last ditch effort to reach yeah. the Galatians. Yeah. And if they did not heed it, then they would be cut off. And we don't see them in the seven churches of, of, of Asia. So there's, there's a good sign that they grabbed a hold of the message and returned back to it. And notice even with Ephesians, they were a good church. They, they laid hold of this message. But when you get to the Galatians, they were in that seven churches of Asia. They didn't have any love. They walked away from Calvary. Because they were all, all they were caught up was, was in religion and trying to know more than others. Saying, look at us, we know the message, we know the message, but they don't. It was a pride thing. Even Sardis, Jesus would even say, strengthen what remains. Because if you don't, you're going to die. Right. Because that's what unbelief does. It kills you. It kills your faith. Because again, like we even see in John 15, if you're not... If you're choosing to be stagnant, because that's what unbelief does, it, chooses, it causes you to be stagnant. That's mm-hmm. so why Israel's always in the wilderness. Out of unbelief, they were always, they were walking in circles. They, were, they passed the same olive tree or the same dune of sand for 40 years because of out of unbelief. They were stagnant. They stayed where they were at. Mm-hmm. And you're not growing. Which again, what Jesus says in John 15, he's going to cut you off because you are bearing bad Fruit. Because again, like we've been saying the whole night, the only way to grow in Christ is by hearing this message, by the hearing of faith, yes. which Amen. causes you to apply it. Because you see it, it is the only way. Mm-hmm. I got to change in this area. And how do I change? I lay it at the cross. Yes. And say, Holy Hallelujah. Spirit, change me. Yes. Because Hallelujah. that is his office. That's part of his work is to change our hearts, to change us more into the image of Christ. And we do that, and he does it by us laying it down. Because what does it result in? It causes us to become skilled in the words of righteousness. Because that's part of becoming skilled in the words of righteousness is letting him work in your heart, letting him work in your life, building on the foundation that's already been established. Mm -hmm. So that's why we always got to lay hold of Calvary and never let go. What what does Solomon say in Proverbs? I forget the chapter, but in Proverbs, grab a hold of wisdom. Understanding and instruction. Do not sell it and don't let it go. Because this is how you live your life. Walk in the way. Walk in the way. Set your heart to the way. The way of Calvary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then we get to verse 26. 
Or Paul is now comparing Sarah and Jerusalem as the origins of salvation. Showing where Christ is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Showing that's where God established the new covenant was what Jesus done at Calvary. Because again, Genesis 17, 21. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. Because again, Isaac was a type of Christ. That type of Christ, the work of the Spirit. Because again, Jesus, that, that virgin birth, the work of the Spirit, going to Calvary, was all the work of the Spirit, showing that this is where the new covenant was going to be. That this is where the new covenant was going to be established. Showing this is where it was going to be ushered in. It wasn't going to be ushered in by the law. It was going to be ushered in what he did at Calvary. Because again, how do you get Pentecost? You got to go to the cross, honey. You got to go to Calvary to get Pentecost. Mm -hmm. Because if you want to move in the operation of the Holy Spirit, you got to go to Calvary. Because when Pentecost happened, that's when the new covenant was fully established and the benefits were able to be experienced. Because that was the day where God said, the new covenant is now established. It was, a, it was signed at Calvary, and now it's going into full effect at the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Because again, it's all about the cross. It's all about what he did for you at Calvary. Because again, it's the work of the Spirit. That's how we strive for the faith. That's how we grow in the faith is by our faith in Christ and what he did for us at Calvary. It's not what you can do. It's not anything what this world says or offers. It's all on the basis of what Christ has done for you at Calvary. Because again, how is New Jerusalem going to come down? How is the millennial reign going to happen? It's all been made possible by what he did what he did for us at Calvary. Because yeah. even then, we're still going to be learning about what he did for us at Calvary. Even in the perfect age, when the devil and sin is no more, we're still going to be learning about this message. Because you cannot exhaust the cross. That's I'm right. sick That's and right. tired of people telling us to go beyond Calvary because, oh, it happened 2,000 years ago. we got to go beyond it to learn, really learn what God done for us. No, that's a haughty spirit. You're saying that out of pride because you really don't know what he did for you at Calvary. So don't say that because you can't exhaust it. Oh, hallelujah. Because when you taste and see that the Lord is good, you don't want to leave. Because that is your well. That is your life source. Because again, that is the new covenant. When you look at that cross, you see the new covenant. Because that is what the new covenant was established on with better promises. It was what Jesus did at Calvary. My God, hallelujah. Hallelujah, because where you get the verse 27, the mother of us all. How? Yeah. Talking about Sarah, talking about Isaac. How was she the mother of more children than Hagar? Was because she trusted in the Spirit. She trusted in God, believing for the promise. And so when Isaac came, what happened? You get the church. Because Jesus, the church was established at Calvary. So now Sarah has more children than Hagar because she looked to the promise. Yes, I mean. And what did Hagar get? Was a work of the flesh, Ishmael. Insufficiency and weakness. Yes, I know. To where she wasn't even in that covenant. Because again, she trusted in the flesh. You want to experience the new covenant, you gotta trust in what Christ done for you. 
Because if you choose to live by the law, again, it's going to lead you to be cut off. Because if you don't keep the whole law, because that's what the law demands, is that you got to keep it in its entirety. Right. What does James tell us in chapter 2, verse 10? For whosoever shall keep the law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Yes, right. right. That's what the Galatians didn't understand. They broke one commandment. They broke in them all. So you can't experience the blessings of God. Rather, you're going to experience the curses. You go to Deuteronomy 28. We want to focus on the blessings of God, which is fine. It's good. God wants to bless us, but it's only there's only 12 verses dedicated to that. And there's some like 60 or 70 verses in that chapter total, and the rest of it's dedicated to the curses of God if you, obey, if you disobey His command, if you right. disobey His law. Right. Showing this is what happens when you disobey my commandment. So if you break one law, you've broken them all, so now you've got to experience the curses. Right. That's why God simplified it for us. Amen. And said it's all by faith. Thank God. Thank you. It's all by simple faith. Yes, and even when you do fail, you have an advocate with you. Yes. You can repent. You can ask for forgiveness. It doesn't mean you have a license. It doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. It doesn't mean you can live however you want. Right. But when you do fail, it's not if but when. Right. You can go to him. You can yes. ask for forgiveness Hallelujah. and he will forgive Hallelujah. you. He'll wash it all away because again, that's a benefit of the new covenant. Yes, right. Where the law, you were condemned to death. You should die. Mm. But God chose to forgive us because of what Christ done for us at Calvary. Because again, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not, by, it's not about anything we can do. Amen. It's all about what Jesus has done for us at Calvary. Yes. Because again, Looking at that example with Hagar, Ishmael, Sarah, and Isaac, what did God tell Abraham really emphasized it through Sarah? The bondwoman and her son has to go. It killed Abraham. He loved, he loved Ishmael. But he understood if Ishmael stayed, Isaac would have died. The promise can never have thrived. Mm -hmm. So he told Hagar and Ishmael, you got to go. But it's not out of hate. It's not out of spite. He knew what God told him and really emphasized through Sarah. Right. They got to go because yes. it's a work of my own flesh. It's not the promise, not what God told me. Right. It's not what he promised me. They got to go. Thank it's the same you. thing in our life. We got to let Ishmael go. We got to let go of everything we hold dear. If we really want to experience the new covenant. If you really want to walk in the spirit, if you really want to walk in the faith of the Son of God, you got to let your Ishmael go, whatever it is, and send him off and not look back. But hold fast to the cross. Because again, strengthen what remains. Strengthen your faith, lest you die. Revelation 3.2, because again, Jesus says, be watchful and strengthen things which remains that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Strengthen your faith. And you do that by going to Calvary. Laying it all aside. And say, God, show me more. Strengthen me in this message. And he's going to grow your faith. Because you're ceasing from your own works. Yes, amen. To where, you know, where it says, the verse 28. Now we brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. Because again, April, Sarah was 90. She was barren. She couldn't have a son. But it was to show that God, it was, all, it was all done by faith. It was a work of the Spirit. Because again, He only works when our faith is in Calvary. So that's yes, how Isaac right. was produced. It's how Isaac happened was because Sarah wasn't looking to what she could do. Right. She was trusting in God. 
Say, okay, Lord, I know it's impossible, but I know with you all things are possible, so I'm trusting in you. And Isaac came about. So if you want to experience that delivering power of Calvary, because again, that's what verse 20 is really talking about. The promise has delivered us from the law. It's delivered us from the flesh. It's delivered us from Ishmael. If you want to experience the full delivering power of Calvary, your faith has to be in the cross. It has to be. It's not a suggestion. It's not some encouragement. It is a command. Mm -hmm. Because that is the way of faith. Yes. Is your faith in Calvary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because if you want to experience everything, church, that God has given you, you've got to go the way of the cross. It is no other way. It has to be your faith. Because, again, that's what we're really seeing in this whole passage, what Paul is really emphasizing. Your faith has to be in the promise. It has to be in what Christ has done for you at Calvary. That's what Paul's getting the Galatians to understand. This, again, I certify you, brethren. I'm trying to bring back to remembrance what I preached to you at first, and you understood it. You received it. So you know this is is the only answer. Let me remind you what he's done for you at Calvary. It's what God is doing to the church today. It's what, he's doing. it's what he does for us always. Yes, he's always right. reminding us what happened at Calvary. Yes, so that way we can stay humble and stay planted in all righteousness like that tree where our roots are, are grounded in the water. We shall not be moved. So that way whenever the storms do come, we're not being tossed into and fro by the sea by every wind of sound doctrine. But we're holding firm to the cross so that way we can grow in him. Because we're being planted, we're being established in righteousness daily because we're going down the pathway of righteousness because we understand that the only way to walk in the way of righteousness is by faith in the finished work of Christ and what he's done for us at Calvary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I just want you to be encouraged. If you want to be guided into all truth, your faith has to be in the sacrifice. It's got to be in Calvary. It can't be in anything you do. And if your faith is found in the law, meaning anything outside of the cross, come back. Strengthen what remains. Yes, amen. Come back to Calvary and trust in the promise. And I'm telling you, he will come to you and show you what he's really done for you at Calvary. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. If you would stand with me tonight. Tell me, Father, we just come before you tonight, Father. And Father, we just want to thank you for the word of the Lord that was given tonight, Father, for you just simply reminding us, Father, really the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. Yes, Father, there may be similarities between them, but Father, the old was just a shadow of what was going to happen at Calvary. Yes. We were never meant to live by the law. We were never meant to live underneath the old covenant, but we are always meant to live under what Christ has done for us at Calvary, Father. Yes, Father. And to believe another way is to be deceived. Father, is to go back under bondage and to forfeit every everything you've given us at Calvary. So I'm asking you, Father, that you would encourage us to be determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified, to stay at the cross, to be like Mary and just to sit at your feet so that way we can be guided into the pathways of righteousness and not be discouraged, Father, not go under bondage and not fall away from grace, but hold on to the faith, just growing in the grace, experiencing everything that you've done because, Father, we're hearing by faith And you're guiding us into all righteousness because, Father, we are being subjected to Calvary daily. Mm 
Father, I'm asking that you protect us as we go our separate ways. Bring us back here Sunday, Father, and just show us how to walk in the pathways of righteousness daily. Remind us daily. It is all by grace through faith. Simple faith in what you've done for us at Calvary, Father. My God, Father, we thank Thank you for this message. We thank you we don't have to walk by our own strength. But we can just hold on to your hand and lean on Calvary for where our help comes from. Father, we love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen and amen. amen. Guys, we'll see you, we'll see you next Sunday. God bless.